Chapter Two of An Exchange of Souls by Barry Payne. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Two. I had expected that Myas would write beforehand to tell me when he would arrive, but it was not his habit to do what was expected. He called on me at my flat one morning early in the following March. He had already been in London some days and said that he had got his work in Paris finished sooner than he had expected. At least, finished is not the word. I had gone as far as I could safely go there. There are some very brilliant gentlemen in Paris, and they have an inquiring turn of mind. He still wore flowing and abominable neckties, and his silk hat had a perfectly flat brim. In fact, as I observed to him, he looked more like a French charlatan than an English gentleman. Possibly, he said, quite unperturbed. I am thankful to say that I am neither. He was energetic and vivacious, and there was a distinct note of triumph in his talk. When I asked him what he was so pleased about, he became vague in his expressions and said that things had gone rather well with him in Paris. Then he changed the subject and began talking about the Hamiltons. They had received a serious blow. The Italian gentleman who played the cello like an angel had been shown to be a trigamist. Morals had triumphed over music, and the Hamiltons had blotted him out. They had now gone to Rome for Easter, he told me. He refused to stay at my little flat. He said that his plans were too undecided, and his temperament was too erratic, and that he did not wish to make himself a perfect nuisance. "'But,' he said, "'I will come and feed, if you like. Food is the one subject to which you have given any serious study.' That statement, by the way, is, as I told him, a grotesque untruth. I took him off to the club with me and gave him a quite simple and unpretentious luncheon. He was pleased to be enthusiastic about it, and I told him that he was making a deal of unnecessary and unseemly cackle. "'Don't say that,' he said. "'I know what the enthusiasm of your life is. You are not one of the illogical and nervous weaklings who are ashamed to eat and drink.' Are there such people? Of course there are. They're a feature of the age. They browse on breakfast cereals and drink ginger beer. The way the consumption of alcohol is decreasing in this country is perfectly appalling. He paused to take a cup of black coffee. He refused the liqueur and proceeded. I have dined out a few times since I have been over here and I have noticed things. One of the best wines is never drunk at all. It is always offered, apparently as a kind of ritual, and always refused. Although dinners have been made very much shorter, most women and some men refuse the joint. Dinner is becoming a farce. The really tragic thing about it is that these dyspeptic duffers seem to have the idea that their physical incapacity makes for refinement and mental improvement. It does nothing of the sort. 
food for the body is food for the mind the two are inseparably associated tell me now what period in english history produced the finest men the finest statesmen generals admirals artists well i'm not an historian but i suppose there is no dispute about that roughly speaking the period would be the latter part of the eighteenth and the early part of the nineteenth centuries of course and that was a hardy age it was an age of beef and beer and it was also an age of courage and inventions which is precisely what one would have expected pitt drank his two bottles of port went into the house of commons and spoke magnificently there was oratory in those days and there was consequent enthusiasm the modern member of parliament sips barley water and stutters statistics mostly wrong and national enthusiasm is at a low ebb which is also what one would expect i wonder if there is anything in all this i said it can hardly be otherwise after all the stomach is the one fundamental thing it exists in the very lowest organisms which have neither limbs nor brain it is practically the first part of a man to get into working order its function is correct before the baby can speak or walk or coordinate his movements in fact if i wanted to determine the ego i might be more likely to find the clue in the stomach than in the brain look here i said what on earth do you mean by determining the ego well in what does your self consist you would probably tell me that it consists in the association of your mind and your body now does it when the mind has practically vanished and no longer suffices even for a man's simplest needs his life is still carefully preserved in an asylum this would not be the case if it were not believed that the man's self was still there when the man's body is dead and has decomposed it is held by all religious people that the man's self still persists that his personality is continued in another world and perhaps science has rather more to say for this view than most men of science are aware all of which is abominably dull talk after luncheon isn't it not to me i said i have been getting rather interested in your work lately you flatter me and what do you know about it anyhow i know what that great and good man dr habiton has told me dr habiton is a perfectly sound man in his own line which is rather a terrific thing to be it is quite detrimental to a sense of proportion he sees a few blades of grass and he misses the landscape i suppose my distinguished and learned colleague damned me as usual oh yes damned you very heartily and told me to tell you so why he thinks you are a man of great ability wasting your time out of perversity he says you ought to be studying the etiology of insanity or the cure of cancer 
or some other problem which really does need solution. He also suggests that you worry the last moments of dying patients when they ought to be left at peace. "'Seems to have been saying a lot of sweet things about me,' said Myas grimly. "'Well, I needn't bother you with it. It's not your business. You belong to the leisured classes.' "'You accused me of that before. It is true that I have no profession, and the only profession I ever wanted to have was not medical. But all the same, I—' "'Hold on,' said Myas. "'What was it you wanted to go in for?' "'Army. The doctors wouldn't pass me. Ten years ago my people tried to get me to go into Parliament, but I had no ambitions that way. Still, I've got lots of friends, and I'm keen on lots of things, and I do occasionally think. Of course, I don't know what your work is, but if it lies in the direction of the determination of self, that is precisely it. Then it must be very interesting. Every man who thinks at all must ask himself sometimes, what am I? And he has not got the answer. Look here, you should ask my esteemed colleague Dr. Habit in that. Put it in another form and ask him what life and death are. I did, I said, and he was pretty sick about it. He said that he knew when life ended and death began, and that was all we needed to know. Well, I deny that. I say there is no limit to what we need to know. I say, too, that the very first things which we need to know are the great elemental things. Let me know exactly in what self consists. Let me be able to isolate self from its usual concomitance of mind and body, by which alone it has hitherto been cognizable. To isolate the self is to add to the dignity of humanity. It is to exhibit humanity with the sources of all human frailty left out. You must surely see that this is fine work. If I can do that, then all the minor points, about which Habitin is so desperately anxious, will be added into it. It seems to me that he wants me to begin at the wrong end of the stick. He calls my attention to details of more or less importance when I am looking for first principles. "'Let me understand you,' I said. "'It comes to this. You are trying to comprehend, to capture, to isolate, the human soul. Myas glanced at his watch. He shrugged his shoulders. That is the theologian's name for it, he said. Names matter much less than facts. I've got my appointment at the hospital and I must be off now. But if you are really interested, we can discuss the matter later, and I can tell you how the thing goes. Do, I said. I want to hear about it. End of chapter 2